Good morning, Loon Life Manitou. My name is Carl. Would you please stand for the scripture reading? Today's reading is from Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this, done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Would you remain standing as we pray? Lord, we thank you for your love that is guiding us, that you are in your goodness. Your mercy is here, Lord, and Lord, we give you thanks and praise. Our prayer this morning is this, Lord, that this phrase will get into us and we will respond to all of life saying, give thanks to the Lord. He is good and his love endures forever. So we pray that to you, Lord. We thank you. We pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and God's people shadow with joy. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Psalms teach us the language of faith. We're on this series of this, on the Psalms, and they teach us the lyrics to life, the good, the bad, the ups and the downs. The Psalms can teach us these refrains, these things that we can say in life situations that will give us encouragement and strength and lead us on. The phrase here this morning that I think we're probably going to end up saying maybe 10 to 15 times, that's my goal, the higher end, is give thanks. Thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let's say it together. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So we'll say this again and again today, and it will get it into our hearts and into our minds. It's a beautiful truth that we have to pray back to the Lord. It's in this Psalm. It's in Psalm 107. It's in Psalm 136. It's again and again and again throughout scripture, throughout the Old Testament, this phrase that gives us encouragement. I remember years ago, I was on a trip. It was my college days, and it was me and two other guys and we had saved up enough money. We had the summer off, and so we were able to gallivant around Southeast Asia. We went to Thailand and then into Nepal and then Bangladesh and then China and Tibet, and it was just what, just me and three, two other guys. Those two other guys would become missionaries to that part of the world. So a really cool trip in, in my memory of life. And it was a hard trip. I remember sitting in a bus stop, and we had missed our bus, and so there was like, oh, the bus, we can't, it was like this language barrier in Thailand, and it was like, 
like 150 degrees and we're dripping sweat. And they're saying, oh, the bus will be here in two hours. I'm like, okay, we could wait two hours. Two hours would come. He's like, oh, the bus will be here in four hours. I'm like, okay, we could, we could, I guess we could wait four hours. It turned out like the bus would be there like the next day. And so we were stuck in this bus terminal. But I remember watching this video. It was 15 years ago. Uh, this movie came on and they had like this cheap little TV screen and we we're just sweating and watching this video. And none of us had seen this video. It's like, wow, this is a cool video. And it ended up being the movie Finding Nemo. Any fans of Finding Nemo? Okay, a couple. Um, and we, we had never heard of it because we somehow, Thailand got a bootleg copy, so we watched it like a month before it even came out in theaters. And so we watched this movie, and in this movie is this one little line where Dory the fish, uh, sorry, spoiler alert, but you've had 15 years to watch the movie. So uh, Dory is trying to help the, the dad, what's his name? How do you know this, Marlin? Um, find Nemo, and they find him. That's the spoiler for the movie. But all is not going well. Uh, I think they lose the address, and, and Dory is, says to Marlin, you know when life gets me down, you know what I say? I say, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Just. And so this phrase, and so we thought, like I'm sitting here dripping sweat because it's, it's literally over 100 degrees, not 150, but it was hot. And we're, and we're just like, when is this bus coming? It's like, that's what we need to do. This is for us. Like we just need to keep swimming. And it became this reoccurring theme on our trip over the, uh, it was about a month and a half that we got to travel around because at another point, a road had washed out and this bridge washed out and we get to this place and we had to go like a day's journey around just to get to another road. And we just kept saying in our head, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, 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 swimming. And another, like a bunch of our money got stolen. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And it was this refrain that we just kept referring to on our trip. And I pray that this morning, like there's the cute, just little swimming, just keep swimming thing. But this phrase, say it with me, give Thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. That this phrase would get inside of us, not just as a uplifting little motto, but as a truth that we live into and we lean into. And we can think of it in the good and in the bad, in the valleys of life, on the mountain peaks of life. We can consider and think about this phrase. Let's say it again. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So let's talk about this first part, giving thanks. That's, this is point number two of this sermon, give thanks to the Lord. And it's this time of year, every around the end of November, there's a holiday called Thanksgiving. Some of us call it Turkey Day. And I think that it's, it's when we eat turkey, and I've definitely been guilty of calling it Turkey Day, but there's so much more to it than just eating a turkey, right? There's giving thanks giving praise, thanking, looking at our life and saying, there is things here to be thankful for. I remember uh, a few years ago, I was the college pastor up at New Life North, and we had hundreds of, of college kids, and we had different sermon series. I remember around November, there was a sermon series that we did on giving thanks, on thankfulness. And I remember just in my head, and, and part of my role was over uh, like the, the young men, and so I'd meet with them and ask them questions. And one of the questions that was continually on my mind, because I was speaking on uh, giving thanks was like, what are you thankful for? I would ask these different young men, what are you thankful for? And some of these young guys, these little rascals, you know, have the whole world ahead of them. They have their lives, they have their health. And these guys were thankful for nothing. I would ask them, well, what are you thankful for? 
nothing. It's like, what do you mean nothing? You woke up this morning. I'm like, well, the, the dog, next door neighbor's dog woke me up. It's like, come on, like you had food this morning. Well, my roommate stole my lucky charms. It's like, come on, you you got here. You dro- I saw your car. You drove here. Nah, it needs a new alternator. Nah, the car's a piece of junk. It's like you have really, you have nothing to be thankful for, really. And and then nah, there's nothing, nothing to be thankful for. And then I would talk to other people, a little older, a little wiser people. And I just remember in this season of asking people what they were thankful for as part of my conversations, some very profound from older, wiser people of people saying, you know, a family member, this guy I remember talking to, his mom had been diagnosed with cancer and she was going to die. It was terminal. But he was thankful that she was responding a little bit. And she had just, uh, the doctor said, you know, originally we gave her a month to live, but it looks like maybe two or three months. And he was just so thankful that he's going to spend some more time with his mom. So here's like this group of young guys, nothing to be thankful. You should have everything to be thankful for. And then here's this older guy, this seasoned man, just so thankful that his, he's going to get to spend an extra month or so with his mom. I remember talking to another uh, seasoned man who said you know, he was remembering back to a year or so ago and he had gotten into a horrible car accident. And the phrase for him, as some of us have said this, like, I'm just thankful to be alive. For him, that was a very real thing. For us in our lives as Christians, we should always be thankful to the Lord. We should be thankful to him. We, we give thanks to the Lord as part of our culture in November. For the Jewish people, this psalm, Thanksgiving, for them was wrapped around Passover. If you know anything about the Old Testament and the stories of the Israelites, the Jewish people being in slavery in Egypt, and then Moses comes along and he says to Pharaoh, let my people go. And eventually through plagues and hardship, the Lord passes over the Israelites, the Jewish people, and 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 punishes the Egyptians until they are set free. And so these Jewish people get to be set free and they celebrate Passover when the Lord passed over them and and brought his judgment upon the Israelites. And so people are so thankful. If you look through the Old Testament, this is one of the Psalms, Psalm 118, that the Jewish people would say in thanksgiving to God at around Passover time. And I think as Christians, I'm going to say one more point about this, that, that we don't just, you know, just a general form of thanksgiving, that's good. Like we want to be thankful kinds of people, but we want to direct our thanks and praise ultimately to God. We want to say thanks to him because he's good and his love endures forever. Let's look at this verse. Verse five says this. When hard pressed, I cried out to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. Think about that image there. So you're hard pressed and I cried out to the Lord and he brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Think about that. What, asking the question, like what, what, what's the worst that can happen in this life? Well, I guess the worst would be that life itself would be taken away from you. And even that doesn't stop this psalmist from saying, let's continue to give thanks to the Lord. The third point here is that the Lord is good. Let's say our phrase, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. I remember in seminary, uh, I was working on my, uh, it was uh, my doctorate degree and it was this 
type of school where I, I went out to LA, met with a cohort of, of people, and we had class for like a week and a half, and the class was from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Anybody ever been, been in a class like that? It's just brutal, like all day long. Even our lunches were like, well, let's do a working lunch. Let's work in our group projects. It's like, no, I want to I get out of here for an hour. But it was all day long, and it was just a hard class. It was good, but it was hard. The teacher was wonderful, a great teacher whom I respect. And every morning we started off these long days with, uh, we, would, we would sit around and say, let, let's share. Like, what's the Lord doing? Let's encourage one another. Let, let, does anyone have a word from the Lord to encourage the class? And one morning, I think it was the second class, the teacher pointed at me. He said, what, you, Joe, what do you have? Do you have a word from the Lord for us today to begin class? And like some people like, anybody like getting called on? They said, don't raise your hand. I'll call on you right now. <laughs> But some people like it and just kind of live up. It's like they have just something to say. They can, they can just start talking and what they say is brilliant. That's not me. Like, I give me five minutes to prepare. Tell me you're going to call on me. So the teacher called on me and I could tell my, my face just turned red. I'm like, oh no, oh no, say something. Don't look dumb. Don't look dumb. This is like the thoughts in my head. Say something, anything. And I thought to say, I was going to say, God is good. And then I thought, that's a stupid answer. That's so, like, it's so cliche. It's just so, you know, like, it's just like what... It's like, oh, everybody already knows that. Why would you say that? Be profound. Say something profound. Say something, anything. And I'm just like turning red and like, uh. And someone else saves the day. They raise their hand and say, I have something. And I was like, oh, thank goodness someone else is, is going to say something. And they say, you know, I just feel like I want to say God is good. And, and everybody was like, yes, that's a great word. That's so wonderful. And I was like, that's what I was going to say. But I didn't say it. It was the right answer, whatever. But he says that God is good. And then the teachers even like, like the class got serious. Like, yeah, the teacher said, yeah, that's probably the most profound thing I can think of. And, and that the God, that God is good. And the whole class just started talking and saying, yeah, it's, it's, you know, when things are going well, God is good. That's an easy thing to say. But the profoundness comes when things are not going well. When we look at life and things are not going like planned, things are going horrible and we can still say God is good. This truth that we can say to each other to encourage ourselves, to encourage what we believe and know to be true, that God is good. So this week, there's been some highs and lows. And because I've been preparing this sermon uh, about this phrase, I've been, this phrase has been coming back to my head again and again. I thought about last Sunday, a week from today, uh, from, uh, so, so I was going to go camping. I told my wife I was going to go camping. And she willingly, because she's awesome, said, sure, you can go camping. I'll watch the kids. And so our friends came over. And instead of me and him going camping, they, we, I had already pre-planned this thing. And so Erica and I, they said, we're going to stay and watch the kids. And then they let us stay in their Airbnb. And so it's just so great. We're like, yes, we get the night and without kids. And how wonderful is that? And the phrase that came to mind, say it with me, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And it was just such a good day last week. And then the next morning came and we, we, before we even got out of bed, we got a text message from a family in our church or from 
people that knew of this family in our church. Uh, maybe some of you know the An- Angela White. She's one of the worship leaders at New Life North. She's, a, she's just a, a great servant in our church, uh, New Life North. So many people know this wonderful family. And on, sun- on Monday morning, we got a text saying, please pray. Uh, they have lost their son. He was 21 years old. He was just three, I can't believe it, three weeks away from getting married. And it was a hit and run. Uh, he was in a crosswalk and just his life was taken from him. And I, I, Erica and I just teared up in bed and prayed for this family and stopped. And the phrase came back to me that, that even in the good and in the bad, we give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And, and it's, it's because it's this true statement, because it is the truth of God, this, this phrase that is held, you know, I think about phrases that the church and the people of God have said for years and years and years, thousands of years, people have been looking at this psalm and reading it and praying it. This has given so much encouragement to people in the highs and in the lows of life. On Tuesday, I was at... Um, I have an office that I'm only out on Tuesdays at New Life North and, and getting things done and running around the church doing errands and things. And I saw uh, one of the ladies that has, has a desk. I saw some flowers behind her and she's just a wonderful, sweet lady, probably in her uh, mid fifties or so. And she's single. And over the years, she's told me about a couple of the dates she's been on. And I've teased her about that. And she's just a wonderful, nice Christian lady. And so I saw flowers by her desk. And I said, who gave you flowers, your boyfriend? You know, because that's what I do. I'm immature. And so she kind of just, no, they're they're not from my boyfriend. Um, You know, blah, blah, blah. And then then I said, well, who are the flowers for? She, she, She just, her countenance just, just, she, you know, she just got very sad. She said, well, they're, they're for a funeral that's today. And she said there, there was a baby in our church, just three weeks old who died. And there's a funeral today. And these are flowers for the funeral. And I, I just, in my head, I, this phrase came back. It came to me when, when I was full of joy thinking, oh, she went on a date and someone gave her flowers. And now the same flowers are actually a symbol of grieving in the same phrase. Say it with me. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. And there's something, if you study theology long enough, you'll run into something called the problem of evil. And it's this problem in philosophy and theology where we consider that God is all good, and he's all powerful, yet things that happen on earth, they're not always all good. And so people ask the question, well, is God not all powerful? Could he have stopped it, but he didn't? Uh, Or is he not all good? Is God in in some way able to stop bad things from happening, but but maybe God's not really all that good. And as Christians, we would say, no, 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 he's, he's all good and he's all powerful. And there's a profound mystery as to why things are allowed to happen on this earth. And if you get into studying this, you can spend a lifetime talking about, well, free will and, and things like, well, there's judgment on this earth for, for things that, that happen. If someone you know, does something evil, well, then evil will come to them. And that's part of it. There's no one answer, by the way, for the problem of evil. Uh, but there's things, there's themes that we as Christians can look at. And one of the best themes in answering, or at least just talking about the problem of evil, 
is Jesus on the cross, that, that ultimately Jesus suffered for our sin. He suffered for all of the evil and the wrong of this world. He brought to the cross and he died on the cross. He became a victim of evil for us. God himself, as one of us, suffering and dying on the cross, the solution to the problem of evil is that he is still good and we can give him thanks and his love is enduring forever. This psalm hints at something. Jesus will quote this later, years and years later, It's verse 22. It says, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. This is the phrase. uh, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Well, why? Well, because he's done something marvelous. And what has he done that's so marvelous? Well, it's this image of a stone being rejected and that stone actually becoming the most important thing for the entire building and the entire structure, the capstone or the cornerstone. It was rejected, this way that we think life should go, that's rejected. And in this rejection, the Lord has made it all right. He has founded a firm foundation and created a whole building, a temple. And and that was, the whole thing was built upon this stone, the capstone or the cornerstone. And that, that particular, stone was rejected, but that's the one that became so important. The Lord is in all things, and maybe we don't always get it. We reject the things the Lord does, but then the Lord builds on them, and they become wonderful and beautiful. The last point in this sermon is this. His love endures forever. The passage starts off with, they give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And then it says, let Israel say it. Israel, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. Let's talk about God's love here. The Hebrew word is has said it's this covenant covenantial uh, long uh, love that never ever ends. It's always there. You know, in our world, in America, in Hollywood, you know, the highest form of love in our culture in Hollywood is is falling in love, this romantic type of love. But even in the best of movies where people fall in love and they love each other, like that kind of love, like that kind of love kind of ends when things get boring. That kind of love ends when other people, you know, someone finds someone else. This type of love is beyond that type of love. This type of love never ends. This type of love never finds someone else. This type of love never just moves on. This type of love is enduring forever. So there's, it says, let the people of God, let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron, that's referring to the priesthood of, of Aaron, Moses' brother, and then the people who led the Israelites to the Lord and did the temple things and led people in worship. Let them say his love endures forever. And let those who say, let those who fear the Lord, let them say his love endures forever. And this psalm ends with, with this, this reminder that, that you are my God. Verse 28 says, you are my God. I will praise you. You are my God. I will exalt you. And then the phrase, say it with me, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. As we conclude this morning, think about um, the, the worst things that can happen in the world 
And God's love is still there. I think about our reaction of, of thankfulness, even in the worst of situations, because God is so good. It's what makes the worst days possible to live through is that God is still loving. Jamie, who led worship, she had a word this morning. She says, there's, there's no love, there's no shame in God's love. What a great word for us to think about, to meditate on, that, that no matter who we are, when we come to God, his love is never ending. You know, we bring to God, sometimes we bring on our great days, we bring him sacrifices and praises. And some days we bring him a mess and set our mess of our life before him. And his love never ends. His love is ongoing. His love goes on and on and endures forever. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Let's pray to him. Let's thank him. Lord, we do Stop, and we, we give you thanks because you are so good. And Lord, this, let this phrase be in our hearts and our minds that we will give you thanks because you are good. And, and Lord, we are reminded that your love endures forever and ever and ever. It never stops. It never fails. It continues to, to run after us and chase us down. And it is unending. So, Lord, we are reminded, the same phrase, we give you thanks, Lord, and we, we proclaim that you are good and your love endures forever. So this morning, Lord, we give you all thanks. We give you all praise. You are holy and beyond anything we can think of, anything we can fathom. Your love is so rich and so wonderful. So we give you thanks and praise. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to say together uh, a prayer that we, it's kind of our tradition to say every week, this prepares us for communion when we go before the Lord and we ask him for forgiveness. Would you say these words with me? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.